Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following program contains topics particular to the LGBTQ plus community. Some discussions may contain mature themes. As such, listener discretion is advised. This is Pride Connection, sponsored by BlindLGBTPride.org, otherwise known as BPI, every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. on ACB Media One, and shortly after on all your major podcast catchers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pride Connection. As always, I am one of your hosts, Anthony Corona. I am here with our executive producer extraordinaire, Mr. Byron Lee. Hey, Byron, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, Anthony. I'm super. Thanks for asking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me just say right now, congratulations on your nomination and approval for the J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows of the American Council of the Blind this year. Oh man, well I'm I'm just so excited about this. Uh, this is not an award that I would have applied for without gentle prodding from other people. I am typically a behind the scenes kind of person. I like to make sure that things get done, and I'm not seeking recognition for that. But it's nice when it happens. And and uh, friends friends prodded me and said, hey, you, you should apply. You should apply and see what happens. And I did. And I actually got it. And that is so um, crazy to me. So I'm really excited for the upcoming travel to Omaha, Nebraska, and the sessions that I'm going to be taking part in. And the banquet sounds amazing. I saw the options that were available and I was like, okay, this is like banquet to me. So I'm really excited. Thank you so much to BPI for uh, writing me a letter of recommendation. And uh, it was, it was so nicely worded and I just really appreciate BPI for putting a good word in for me. So Byron, before we get into the topic at hand, and I know Gabriel has a person's message for us, but With all that's going on in the political scene right now, you know, we're looking at rolling back Roe versus Wade. And if that happens, then the potential for rolling back gay marriage, contraception, rights that we've achieved as LGBTQ plus persons are all on the chopping block. When you think about how your journey has happened and your participation with BPI, and now being recognized by J.P. Morgan Chase, one of the leaders in the financial industry, what are you going to do with the platform that you get from this to make sure that our rights are upheld? This is such a crazy time that we're living in. It feels like a tug of war, and our rights are the rope. And 
you know, yeah. when we're making progress and we're electing leaders that are supposed to stand up for our rights. And then next minute, things are being proposed to be overturned and, and yanked away from us. And it's a, a really weird time to live in. And the roller coaster is kind of nuts. I am excited to advocate as much as possible in public forums about LGBTQ rights and the rights of women and the rights of people with color and any other marginalized group of people that need an advocate, that need someone to stand up and say, this isn't right, that we need to do better. We need to pull stronger on that rope. We, we need to make God our bless. voice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll just, I'll be loud. That's, that's what I'm here to do. Well, thanks for joining us. Tonight we celebrate something great. You know, our, our neighboring brothers and sisters in Canada celebrate that uh, finally this archaic regulation preventing men who identify as LGBTQ can donate blood. So um, we're going to be talking about that in a moment. I just want to thank BPI also, like Byron did, uh, BPI and the American Council of the Blind gave me a, a platform, a voice, and uh, I feel that it is time for me to step up as uh, not only a representative of this organization, but as a representative of the entire intersectionality of those of us who identify as blind or visually impaired members of the LGBTQ plus community. And uh, I will officially be uh, running for a director seat with the board of directors of the American Council of the Blind this year in Omaha. And our convention 2022. Um, so I really want to make a difference. I really want to affect change at a national level and international level as well, because we're celebrating tonight BPI, you know, international. And um, we uh, also celebrate that, that international arena with our parent organization. Um, the last couple of years, we know that the growth of ACB has transcended borders and uh, now we're a global organization. So I look forward to serving you and everyone out there. And uh, please support me in, in supporting you at the same time. So tonight, folks, since we're talking about how Canada, our north border neighbor and allied country, has lifted the ban on gay men to be able to donate blood, we thought it was very, very apropos to talk a little bit about what's going on in the rest of the world. For example, if you ask me as a Hispanic gay man, I'll be proud to say that uh, Argentina, for example, I think it was a couple of years ago that lifted that same ban. 2017. Yeah. Yes. For uh, gay men to be able to donate blood regardless of their sexual orientation. However, in the U.S., we are kind of in the middle. So it's, it's always good to know where we stand on both sides of the spectrum, whether it be countries that are ahead of us or countries that are um, lagging. 
flagging exactly and and see where we stand in the big scheme of things you know gabriel i have to jump in here um maybe two and a half weeks ago i would have thought that this would be a completely different conversation but when the digest of the supreme court decision was leaked to the media and i did an in-depth First, I listened to it on podcast. Then I listened to some of the pundits talking about it. Then I went on Google and I found it myself and I read it word for word, line by line. So once I read that, it changed my entire thought process on where the United States is versus the rest of the world on LGBTQ plus rights. So, Gabriel, Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. You know, Argentina countries in Africa, New Zealand, there are some really progressive measures out there around the world. Canada just lifted the ban on gay men being able to donate blood. And yet in the country that we call home, in the country that we love and fight for, it seems almost like our rights are being peeled back measure by measure. Is that worth kind of talking about right now? Yeah, but I think we should go around the table and see what our other guests have to say. I know we have Maria with us. Yeah, so I find it uh, definitely, you know, disheartening that here in U.S. that this type of a ban has not been lifted. I realize, yes, there is this this weight of history and these things take time. But, you know, there are other countries as well where there has been progress where you wouldn't necessarily uh, expect it. As others have said, you know, what comes to my mind is uh, in India where, you know, you have just this population of over a billion people and you've got a lot mm-hmm. of LGBT and... Yes. Um, Traditionally, you know, from a Hindu perspective, things like being LGBT and and gender fluidity and having, you know, male or female partners just wasn't uh, seen as being such an issue. However, when the um, British were uh, colonizing India, there were these laws passed, for example, is Section 377 of the Indian Penal Code, and that was uh, introduced in uh, the research here for specific dates in 1861 and it was modeled under uh it was modeled on a, a british act of 1533 and it made sexual activities quote unquote against the order of nature illegal and so that was traditionally um applied to consenting sex wow. uh, consensual sex between um adults of the same sex and um mm-hmm. you know it went through this whole process in it was uh, initially in portions of it uh, as relating to gay sex and the the constitutionality thereof so portions of it were first struck down as being unconstitutional by the uh, Delhi High Court in July 2009 but then that judgment was overturned by the Supreme Court of India in 2013 and then over the uh, ensuing years in 2016 uh, and 2017 there were petitions heard to um, essentially you know review that decision 
And in 2018, uh, the Supreme Court of India basically went, you know, the the other way. They they reversed uh, what was yeah. said earlier, and they had said uh, that to to uh, give the exact quote for some morale boosting. They were saying that the application of Section 377 to consensual homosexual sex between adults was quote was unconstitutional, quote irrational, indefensible, and manifestly arbitrary. And so, you know, my goodness, if India can strike down law that had been on the books for, you know, over 100 years, you know, 150 plus years, and, you know, this is what in the US, like 30 or uh, or 40 years back, somewhere like that, between Mm -hmm. 13, 40 years, you know, we, my goodness, we should be able to do the same. Let me go you one equal, if not better, Sri Lanka, the country, had, it it was punishable by death to be involved in in a homosexual relationship. And in 2017, Sri Lanka struck that down and said that relations between two consenting adults, whether it be male and female, male and male, female and female, is up to the relations of those consenting adults. Whereas before that, it was a crime to engage in homosexuality. So all around the world, countries are recognizing love is love is love. Absolutely. And then the progress that is being made in other countries as they look up to us as a leader of the free world is so important and so preponderant because we, our ideology, kind of people look up to our ideology and people look up at us for a model of what should and needs to be done. So In a democratic free world. Yes. Yeah. And we carry a huge responsibility in that sense in terms of making sure that we move forward, not backwards. So do you think that looking around the world and some decisions that have been made and some really strategic countries that you never really would have thought that LGBTQ plus rights would be advanced, are we on the forefront? Are we riding the middle of the wave? Or are we lagging behind? Maria. Ah. You know, I, I'd have to say yes, in certain, for example, sexual acts between adults of the the same sex, right, that hasn't been a crime for for decades and such here. Mm -hmm. So in some respects, yes, we're definitely ahead of the game. But with the general climate now with some of these, you know, laws that are coming through in certain parts of the country. And here we see something like this practice staying in effect of the blood donation ban. If it continues the way it's continuing, we're going to be behind in certain fundamental ways. So, you know, I, I hope that it doesn't reach that point, but it's absolutely concerning because of what uh what you were saying um gabe in terms of other countries looking to us 
right to emulate what should happen and Mm -hmm. you know is this is this going to be like a you know a wave effect are other countries gonna say oh you know look at them they've they've they're all about you know liberty and allowing people to express themselves and they're dialing it back maybe that means we should be dialing it back too maybe we've given these people too much of liberties and of course we don't want anything like that to occur well uh, you know i agree 100 percent with maria the fact that other countries look up at us for example and for a kind of like a temperature check of what's going on and what needs or should be done is Good way to put is, it yeah it, it it's concerning because we internally people think that we are this like perfect model of democracy we're working towards it it's just that i've always said it that um you know the united states has in the last couple of years has become a little bit more of a battleground of ideologies rather than what the majority wants. Because if you go person by person uh, in a true democracy, the United States, the majority of people do want civil liberties for everyone. However, yeah. ideologies have been used and weaponized to make each other antagonizing of each other and uh that is not how politics should and 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 need to be working in our country so unfortunately that spills off into the international arena and some other countries do observe what we're doing and then they find a way to justify their own political turmoil and saying oh look at the u.s they can't even agree on something So you know what? I want to flip the script on what you just said. And what you just said, Gabriel, is absolutely valid. But there's another side to that coin. You know, we think about things like the Pulse Orlando and other really horrific events that have happened here. And then you look at states like Venezuela. You look at countries in Africa. You look at countries in the Middle East who... When you think about it from their ideological perspective, they would never be pro-LGBTQ rights. And yet, they look at what's happening here in America and they say, you know what? We're going to institute this here. We're going to present this through social first and legislative second. And they bring it all the way through and they make these things happen. So... Even though the pendulum swings back and forth, it always does, politically speaking, in the United States of America. But we've inspired the world through our activism, through having gay marriage and, and the rights of LGBTQ plus persons respected in the way that they're respected. Maybe four and a half, almost five and a half years ago, but... Ultimately speaking, the rest of the world paid attention and they started making their own movements. So we should be proud of that. Yeah, we have definitely led many of the progressive battles in the world and we have set an example. And I I, I do think, I do believe in this country and I do believe that the will of the majority will always prevail and uh, we're struggling. Sometimes we struggle. Everyone struggles. I, again, I ratify my strong 
belief in the democratic process of this country. Hence, I, I migrated and I became a proud citizen of this great nation because I believe in the democracy of this country, not only within the internal borders of the United States and its territories, but also as an example to the free world of what we're capable of doing. And maybe right now we're undergoing a very, very difficult process of reconciliation between ideologies. And there's a lot of manipulation of the ideologies being thrown at each other as a means of gaining political favors or gaining political votes and getting political advantages. However, I do have faith that no matter what happens, at some point, the true will of the population will come through and will prevail. And that is the example that we need to, to always highlight. I have yeah. to echo so much of what Gabe just said there. You know, I'm also an immigrant and a naturalized citizen, mm -hmm. and I am proud to call this uh, U United States a home. And uh, I absolutely believe in democracy as a form of government as well. And, you know, yes, it can be messy, but I agree, you know, change change takes time and it's about mm -hmm. you know the people who are there to represent and to make the change i mean look at in this you know in the case of going back to india one bench in the supreme court you know overturned a ruling that was in favor of the yeah. uh, lgbt plus community and then another bench came you know later and and said no and i think you know a lot of it too is like what are we you know just from we're thinking about it from this huge macro picture but you know when we look at it from a, a micro perspective day to day, if we are out there and just living our lives, you know, we, you know, love who we love or, or, you know, not in the case of people who are, you know, asexual or a romantic, what, whatever it is, we're living our lives and we're having our orientations the way that the way that we are. And the more people that just see us as just you know, regular people who happen to be LGBTQ plus, and that's just this integral part of us, but that doesn't make us, you know, some alien group, you know, the more that we are doing that and how, you know, hopefully changing minds on an individual basis, you never know when one of those people is going to be one of these people who are in power, a judge, a politician, or what Eventually, have you. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I talk about pride because many people like maria just said many people who end up being in power may know us as someone who was a lawyer an accountant their neighbor the yeah. at the bank their neighbor and then they find out oh they're part part of the lgbtq community so what you know i already know them for who they are so being who they are yep. and loving whoever they love is just another part of them, but doesn't change the essence of who they are. And I think one person at a time, we will make sure that we represent the population of our nation and of the world as people who are just lawyers, cashiers, nurses, teachers, 
and LGBTQ. All right, take us into this amazing conversation with Richard and the fact that Canada, our sister from the North, has made it okay for everyone, gay, bi, transsexual, to donate blood. Like I always say, thank you for putting the I in, in, in BPI, Richard Marion. Welcome to Pride Connection. Thank you very much, uh, Gabriel and Anthony. It's a pleasure being here again tonight. It's a uh, second or third time I think I've been on the uh, Pride Connection as a guest. So uh, I'm, I really appreciate it. And uh, congratulations to Byron on winning your uh, your J.P. Morgan Chase Fellowship, uh, Leadership Fellowship. It's, uh, it's well-deserved from what I read uh, on the BPI list from here. And uh, good luck, Gabriel, with your board candidacy. I, I think it will be the first time that anyone that's out and proud uh, will serve <laughs> on the uh, a blindness organization board. Absolutely. Uh, nat- nationally in the United States, for sure. Thanks so, for Richard, that, Richard, thank you so uh, much for that. Let me ask you. So, you know, Canada, our our sister, our brother, you know, our northern ally, you did what we haven't been able to do here. And you guys have passed and accepted in a way that we're still not able to do here in the United States. So can you walk us through a little bit of the timeline and the legislation line of what led to this final recommendation that LGBTQ men are finally able to donate blood. Yeah, so this goes back to the tainted blood scandal of the 1980s that uh, that happened in Canada and also in the United States. So in 1992, when the federal government uh, had completed its inquiry into the blood scandal, and they had actually and they and they restructured the uh, blood donation system in Canada because uh, prior to 1992, the blood donations were handled here by the Red Cross. And so because they uh, were involved in the scandal, the the government decided to create uh, a new organization called Canadian Blood Services. So in creating that organization, the Canada Health Act gave it the authority to set all of its policies and regulations to do with blood donations. So one of the policies that came out at the time was a lifetime ban for men who have sex with men is uh, now 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 we call we say lgbtq2s men uh that uh they couldn't donate and then in 2001 the blood agency decided to change the policy and uh reduce the ban to five years which for most of us might as well be a lifetime (laughs) and uh, then then uh in 2016 they reduced it to a year with the goal of eventually possibly eliminating it. And then three years later, it was reduced to three months. And just this past April, the uh, ban is uh, in process of being removed. It's, it's actually not technically removed yet. It, it'll be September of this year that the, the ban will, dis- will disappear permanently here for, for blood donations. So because the legislation that created the Canadian Blood Services Agency is part of the Canada Health Act, they had the ability to make all these changes and regulations without any further uh, approval from the Parliament and the Senate. Even though uh, 
over the last three election campaigns, the uh, Prime Minister promised that the ban would disappear. And it did, but it did take a bit longer than it needed to because the, uh, the government didn't want to intervene in a scientific process. So, Rich, now that all that is said and done, what are the feelings in, in your local community that, that this has finally been dispelled? Um, I think people like people are like uh, having kind of discuss it with friends because the the ruling the, the ruling just literally came out uh, like three three less than four weeks ago. They're ecstatic about it. Like people are really happy about it. For Bill and I personally, it means that we can go and make uh, blood donations. Uh, uh, we don't have to worry about the fact that we're two men who. Who, who live together or married, uh, we don't have to, that doesn't factor into it in the same way as it did before anymore. Now, it, in our case, it's prompt now it'll be other reasons why they may not, like, may not accept our blood, which other medical reasons uh, that basically makes our blood ineligible. And it doesn't have to do with the fact that we are mar- a married same-sex couple. Same-sex couple. Yeah. yeah. And, and I want to jump in, uh, Richard, uh, not only with congratulations, uh, with, you know, I, having the choice and being able to donate blood if you so choose to or if you need to or if someone a loved one needs to but also with how much this means so for people to understand like Richard was saying uh, after the um, AIDS epidemic in the 1980s there was a question basically that you had to answer if you were going to donate blood and uh, i believe it said have you had uh are you a man who has had had same sex relation uh uh, sexual relationships on or after 1977 and the the interesting part about that regulation that was adopted almost almost on a worldwide basis is that if i were to go there and donate blood and lie, they would have taken my blood, you know, or any other gay men's blood for that effect. But that's not the point. We want to be authentic and we want to be true and we do not want to hide our sexual orientation just to just to check a box. That is the beauty of living in authenticity, living in pride. It definitely allows us to be more authentic. Now, now the removal of the ban is is not like it. it what it does now is they're still going to ask questions about sexual behavior, but it's yeah. not gender based anymore. It's more Correct. about risky behaviors, whether you're uh, an injection drug user, because th- there's still risky behaviors that put the blood supply at risk. And, and oh, absolutely. Uh, and so, but so, now, wait, least, hold up the, for a second. But, Let's put this into perspective. So people that answer certain questions that say they're IV drug users and they're potentially sharing needles, they're still not eligible. And that's okay. Because when it comes down to it, if you're subscribing to risky behaviors, you really shouldn't be offering your blood to those that are in need. But if you're in a committed partnership or you're a single person who doesn't engage in the risky behaviors, your blood is as good as everybody else. Your it, blood it, it, can it, save the life of somebody else. Yeah, it, it is. And I think what we're, what we're going to find, though, is that uh, 
the because the, there's still going to be a questionnaire that asks about risky behaviors, which includes certain sexual behaviors. Uh, but it's it's going to be asked of every single person that enters a blood donation center here. As Street, the end, as gay, independent, Street, gay. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's so the it's... playing field for those of us that feel inside ourselves. We want to give the lifeblood that may help someone else. But you're telling us because we want to love with another man or another woman, it's not okay. In Canada, you guys have said, if your blood is healthy, if your blood is okay, we're going to give it, period, point blank. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Even at three, I don't know what the, what the, if, if it's still a lifetime ban in the United States or not, but even at three months here, if you were kind of a couple that wasn't that active, uh, you probably, you, you, they, some, some, some probably were donating blood, but now it's, like I said, it's everybody that will be asked those risky behavior questions and, and everyone gets the same question sheet and, and it's not, it's not a, a men having sex with men discussion anymore. It's it's just that it's mm-hmm. just all about risky behaviors now. Yeah, as well as should be, and and yeah. and that's exactly what it's it's a very very clear example of what we consider as LGBTQ rights or civil rights, which is we are not asking for special treatment. We're asking for equal treatment. So yes, you know you do not have to be a gay man to engage in risky sexual or health behaviors. Uh, you, you, you do not have to be singled out for being a gay man in that sense. A- anyone, uh, whatever their uh, sexual identity or sexual orientation is, can engage in risky behaviors, thus making them ineligible for donating blood. Not necessarily just saying, yes, I have had uh, sexual relationship with a man after 1977, boom, you're automatically you're disqualified. You know, you're done. So I, I think it's it's an, uh, an appropriate time in, in the conversation to uh, invite Byron and uh, whoever else is joining us to jump in and, and, and comment with, with some thoughts. I have a question. Isn't the blood tested in Australia and New Zealand? They test the blood based upon the donator. They test the blood based upon what they need in their data banks. They test the blood to make sure that there's nothing in that blood, whether it be a genetic anomaly or a sexually transmitted anomaly, to pass that on to anybody else. If the blood in Australia and New Zealand passes the, it's safe to give, to 95% of the population, then it goes into the blood bank. It doesn't matter whether it came from an LGBT person, a person who is far left, far right. If your blood can help someone and it is safe to give to someone, then it gets given into the blood bank. So why isn't that happening here in the United States of America? Yeah, or worldwide, but uh, or, Richard, or worldwide, or even here. What like are your, this, yeah, what are well, your my thoughts? thoughts? Is like even here, like the like if you start reading the news articles associated with it, like it's still there's still the questionnaire. They are testing the blood here. They test the blood here for HIV and hepatitis and and other and other issues as well too. I don't as know. They if should. As, as, as they, they should. should. 
and but I don't know if they're testing it as thoroughly as say say Australia and New Zealand. Like that's the part that I don't personally know. Um, but it, they they are still asking, you know, like it, what what a lot of people might still might still see as fairly invasive questions about your about your your lifestyle in, the, in that in that sense, whether you're male or female now at least. That's, right. that's the big difference is whether you identify whether you identify as male, female, um, um, non-binary. Everyone uh, uh, bisexual. Everyone gets asked the same. Will be asked the same questions now. Like regardless. Uh, but before it was it was if you were male, you would you, they probably hauled out the question sheet and started asking if you if you had same sex relationships. Well, and the thing is, you know, they're playing fast and loose by taking our word for it. Um, I'll give you guys a good example. I was part of another blindness organization and we had a blood drive and um, I had somebody kind of twist. I mean, I would have donated blood anyway, but somebody kind of twisted my arm and said, you know, hey, does anybody want to sign up for the blood drive? Hey, Byron, how about you? Don't you want to donate blood? And, and so I went, I went with a bunch of blind people to uh, a blood donation place uh, in Chicago. We went as a group and uh, they took me into a separate room because I can't read the sheet myself. And that's another thing we should talk about is the accessibility of these, of these sheets and having to actually answer a person face to face, these invasive questions, you know, and not having the privacy of being able to at least the dignity of being able to at least check a checkbox and not have to blurt mm-hmm. out to another person you know this thing that's very personal so i'm i'm in this separate room and they asked me the question that i didn't know was coming have you had sex with another man mm-hmm. and well i'm in the closet i am really <laughs> in the closet and there are blind people out there who might be able to hear i mean probably not but they might be able to hear and they're certainly going to ask questions when I come out and they don't stick a needle in my arm, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Even even if they cannot not- hear, exactly. If you come out of that room and then nothing happens, they're going to be, what's the matter, Byron? Why are you not donating? Right. And if somebody's smart, they might figure it out, right? Yeah. So putting people And this in- happened to me in New York City. I was less than a year into my blindness journey. And I went to a blood drive and I sat down and I answered the questions and halfway through the questions, there were some questions that were quote unquote questionable to the restrictions and regulations of having a blood donation. And so by the end of my interview, they told me, thank you so much for being here, blah, 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 blah. They gave me all the platitudes that I needed to hear, but ultimately they didn't take my blood. Because I was a gay man who had participated in gay sexual activities that were not okay for blood donation. At that Mm -hmm. point, I said to myself, okay, well, I came here. I tried. I I did what I, you know, what I thought was right. They don't want my blood. That's okay. But then I thought about it for a while and I said, wait a minute. I want to give you my blood because... I want to make sure that no one dies unnecessarily. I want to make sure that there's enough to sustain what we need as a country to go forward in both our political and our military objectives. Now, the the point that you're making, Anthony, also uh, brings another population into 
into the mix, and that is the actual healthcare providers who are in charge of collecting blood, the position in which they are placed, because this is not something that they, it's not that they particularly do not want our blood, is actually they are following a mandate. They're basically under yes. a regulation yes. that is, is, is telling them you have to, you know, if they check this box, you turn them down. So that, that must be a, a very, very tough spot as well. Right. And if you think about this, you guys, uh, a lot of churches uh, and other family-friendly organizations, uh, for lack of a better word, organizations where your parents and your, um, you know, uh, authority figures like your pastor or counselor or teacher, um, they are, oh God, I just thought of something. Think about the kids in Florida. Um, if they are outed, their parents have to be informed. If you're asked, uh, have you engaged in same sex with another man and you're a 16 or 17 year old kid in, in school and you answer correctly because you don't want to, you know, like you're young, you don't really, you're like, I don't want to put anyone at risk if my blood is somehow blood is thrown away. Right. It doesn't even get a screening. It's thrown away. Or not taken at all. Yep. Now, Richard, um, I know from having visited Canada, actually your neck of the woods, uh, British Columbia, a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. So I know that uh, your pride celebrations take place in August. Is that correct? Is that still happening? Yeah, so our, our pride celebration actually here in, in uh, where I live in British Columbia is uh, the beginning of August, first uh, beginning, Sunday. Yeah. Actually, this year it's the last Sunday in July, but it's uh, mm -hmm. usually usually in the middle of the summer. So yeah, that's that's when it happens here. Toronto and Montreal pride, prides are held in June when Pride Month is in the United States, but here it's yeah. uh, pride sort of morphs into into July pride and into August as, uh, as well. So. Yeah, I happened to coincidentally be in Vancouver for a Pride uh, the beginning of August. So my question is, have you heard of anything? I, I, I bet this, this will be a very symbolic Pride uh, all over Canada. But in, in your area, I, I can imagine that there will... I mean, if I were part of the LGBTQ community over there, I would be yeah. blood donation banks uh, you know mobile yeah. uh, blood donation well banks. not technically because as i as i mentioned at the, at the beginning of the interview the ban actually doesn't isn't officially removed until the end of september um, oh that's right it, i'm sorry it, take, I'm sorry. it that takes is true it, yes it, you know uh, like like most government uh, government actions yeah. it takes a while for the bureaucracy mm -hmm. to write yeah. the necessary regulations yeah. and, and uh procedures and policies to make sure that they've yeah. got their they've that's They've crossed scary. their I's and dotted their T's. Yep. So from cisgendered individuals in Canada, what has the reaction been? And what do you suppose is going to happen now that this, you know, landmark decision is laid down? I, I personally, I haven't uh, heard any reaction here. In fact, if anything, it's, I think it's, it's, probably gotten more traction in other countries than here it was a it was like on the, the day that the decision was announced it was it was it, it was a mid newscast item and uh like it, it didn't get 
really hasn't got that much traction on social media. Like, like there hasn't been any any major sort of public uh, backlash, which has been great. It it almost like honestly, I think it, more people have viewed it as more of an administrative change in, in how the blood services agency has been managing the blood blood donations and it. it but in the uh, LGBTQ2S plus community here, it's been great. Like it's, it's, it's received a lot of positive press because finally in September, uh, queer men are going to be able to go into a blood donation center and, uh, and knowing that everyone will be uh, subject to the same exact screening procedure that, that walks into that blood donation center. From a Canadian perspective, how do you guys up there look at us and say we've done this we're here we're being progressive and then we look down at what's supposed to be the leader of the united world but they're not there so what do your countrymen feel about what's going on right now canada versus the united states um i think a lot of people here are really worried about what's happening uh, south of the border for like it is as far as the potential for turning back uh, a lot of equality rights uh, is as well it, it's uh, it does it actually the the uh, potential overturning of roe versus wave is kind of like gets uh, a lot of uh, a lot of press in the mainstream media and as uh, and on social media as well too so it does uh, it it i think everyone's really worried about it because it's i think I know people I know friends here are kind of wondering what it, what is going on like what's going on down like in down south it's uh we we always think of Canada and the United States being fairly similar but uh it, mm-hmm. it uh, in in this mm-hmm. case it's 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 potentially not Well you know it's like um Americans in general tend to think of themselves or or this country as you know, like a world leader or like number one. And it, I feel like it's that kind of attitude uh, that maybe puts a little bit of estrangement between us and our, and our neighboring countries. Yes. You know, the way that we kind of flaunt ourselves. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like it, it it's, uh, but I guess it's, it's uh, without making, make, without making any political comments, like the it, things did ha- change substantially over the previous four years prior to the uh, 2021 inauguration of your current president. So um, it, and that set the seed for, for decisions like the overturning of Roe versus Wade and, and, and some of the other things that are still going on. So I'm hoping the, I'm personally hoping that what was leaked out to the media as far as a draft decision really isn't the final decision that, and the justices will actually re- maintain it. And, and, and thus, uh, Amen. hopefully, 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 uh, uh, not setting the uh, put it, setting the seeds down for the eventual overturning of other um, sort of key social right uh, uh, key uh, social activity rights like like uh, gay marriage, same sex marriage, or gay marriage as well too. So, yeah, when I look at Canada, you know, from an American perspective, uh, you know, I look at things like the legalization of marijuana. Um, and the uh, lifting of this ban uh, of gay men to donate blood and other progressive movements. And I scratch my head and wonder, you know, why, what is it that we're doing here? It's, it feels kind of weird that we have a Democrat president. That's, that's awesome. But then all of these terrible things are coming down the pipe 
because of all of the setting up that Trump did in his previous um, administration. Uh, it's making it very hard for Biden to get anything done. It feels like we're under more scrutiny and more pressure and under more fire now than we were in 2016. And it's a very weird feeling to feel that way when you have a, a progressive president. Yeah, I, I think it's because you have a progressive president. That everyone's uh, everyone's kind of looking at him and say, "Well, why aren't you doing more?" Like, it, and 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 mm-hmm. yet he's sort of stuck with what was laid out before him, and uh, that could happen here. Like, it, like we we've had our version of conservative governments as well too, and and if the government was had uh, was able to stack the Supreme Court, we, we could be we could be having similar discussions about overturning. Laws like like uh, laws like like abortion laws here as well too are are the the previous abortion laws were deemed unconstitutional here uh, many many years ago. So it it's not a discussion that the the government enters into lightly. But every once in a while during the election, you, you'll you'll hear some politicians say that they yeah. that they would they would enact legislation and. In, in, basically say stick the constitution where it belongs we're going to enact legislation to take that that choice that that uh, freedom of choice away and you know there's something very interesting that surfaced here um in conversation richard as you were talking and and you were comparing uh basically progressive versus conservative uh policies and or governments and uh you know not not uh, it's difficult to not get into politics with with such a topic uh, because here in the states, sadly, I view. Uh, I mean, we could spend another whole hour, hour or hours worth of conversation discussing this. Being very objective, what's been going on here is not progressive on one side, conservative on the other side. It's ideology being used to secure other uh, political agendas in this country. And it's sad. It's sad because it's the rights and the lives of many of us, especially when it comes to minorities, what is on the line and what is being used to win votes. And and it is amazing because uh, our, our, you know, previous president, forgive me, but, you know, what I tell my conservative friends or family members there's nothing conservative about him he just adopted a rhetoric that would get him the votes that's it and 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 that is very sad because it's not a true ideology what's what's at stake here in the states it's It's power and it's political agendas i i i did want to bring a a a conversation that uh we're approaching the sixth anniversary um, in next month, sadly, of the Pulse uh, shooting in Orlando, Florida. And, and, and the reason why I bring that up is because I, well, I was crying through the whole thing, just like I cry with any other shooting. But this one, uh, uh, you know, having targeted the LGBTQ community, had a a double hit on our community because here were all these gay men wanting, just dying to donate blood to save their LGBTQ brothers and sisters and couldn't do a thing. 
you know, the impotent, no. imp- three, two, one, no. the impotence that they must have felt to see their friends dying, you know, needing blood and, you know, just having to just watch them die without being able to do anything. And that's why there was a campaign that fortunately was, was very successful and people were, you know, just random people were donating blood and, and they would say, this is the name of my gay brother. And, and that was, I, I think that was so beautiful. So I, I, I would like to highlight that the essence of our country, Richard, is, is similar to Canada. It's just that we have so much, like you so eloquently said it, there's so much divisiveness in the United States right now. And, and again, it's sad because it's all ideology being used as weapons against one another. And I, I just hope we can get to the point in which we come to our senses and we start doing what is right. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny you mentioned the Pulse nightclub shooting because that, that happened the day before Bill and I went on our honeymoon in 2016. And, and, and mm-hmm. it, was, it really was, uh, and, and we were going on Alaskan cruise, so we were coming into the United States. It was uh, very, very sad. Like it, it was, yeah, just thinking about it now. Like, it, yeah, we, we, uh, like I don't cry over very many things, but uh, we, were, we were both upset about it because it was, it was like, we were leaving on a Monday morning and we heard about the shooting early Sunday morning when we get up. Early Sunday, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, very terrible. Um, I think uh, I would tell your listeners that Canada does have its, like, have, we, do, we do have our issues as well, too. Like, we've, we've, got, we've got issues with racism and discrimination, just like, uh, like in the United States. And, and, the, and, and, and I think what we're going to find that the, even with the blood, uh, removing of the blood donation ban, the change in operating procedure isn't like in practice may not actually look as good as it, as it, as it sounded in the initial media releases. Like it, 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 no, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a major victory, but it, the, the, there's still going to be that questionnaire. And, and as you pointed out, Anthony, the accessibility uh, of issues uh, of using that questionnaire, like someone that's blind, uh, whether oh, Byron, they're gay, think yeah, yeah, Byron mentioned this. whether they're they're uh, they're uh, uh, gay or cisgendered is going to walk into a blood donation center and they're going to be asked basically by someone else, "Have you had sex?" Uh, yeah, and then as soon as you ask that, say yes, I've had, I'm actively having sex with with multiple partners or whatever, uh, and then then you'll start, then they'll start, they'll go into the questions which involve the different variations of sex that they used to just ask the gay men. Now they're going to ask everybody those questions. It's not perfect. I want to send my blood to Ukraine because I know in my heart that they're fighting for democracy. They're fighting for the world to recognize that at the the beginning and the end of the juncture, they're fighting to make sure that the rest of us don't have to fight this way. So when it comes down to it, does it really matter where it comes from? It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Yeah. If we are telling gay men that they can't donate blood, 
what does that stuff what does that stem from that stems from an ignorance about how mm-hmm. AIDS is transmitted and and you know who can get AIDS you know that is in we ask that question because we used to not know a hundred percent for sure exactly yeah it's we safe. Thought, that, that. Thought it was only possible for gay men to be able to transmit that virus exactly that, when it was yes. understood that hiv was not a uh, specifically gay disease yeah uh, so 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 you're right byron i agree with you i don't think questions of any uh sexual nature have place within uh, we have pro- mm-hmm. we have made so much advances in uh, the medical scientific fields that that you know the testing systems that we have in place for blood should suffice for anything else because there's not only HIV there's so many other uh, diseases and there's so many other conditions that can be transmitted through blood so I agree with you Byron I think yeah uh, I dream of the day where we scrap all those questions and we just stick to scientific testing of 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 all blood as it, it already actually happens Richard, can you give us some closing remarks? For us, it was a great piece of news, and uh, it definitely gives me a lot more. When they, as, at the end of September, I'll be able to go into a blood donation center, and uh, if they basically um, make a donation of blood, and, and it may be the case that they may not take take my blood because I'm a cancer survivor, so they, they may not take it from that standpoint, but that's okay. So, Richard, do us a favor. If we don't have you on Pride Connection before September, which I hope we do have you on board, please, if you are able to <laughs> make a blood donation on the name of all your gay folks here in BPI and here in America. Yeah, definitely. So if you enjoy our programming here at Pride Connection, uh, please remember to send us a message with your comments, your questions, your suggestions. You can reach us at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. That is membership at blindlgbtpride.org. And why not become a member? Uh, we are a welcoming You've been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind Pride International, a special interest affiliate so of the American Council of the Blind. Us, so please check us out at blindlgbtpride.org. This is the Pride Connection, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time. The lovers, the dreamers, the dreamers, and me. Thank you for listening to the show. We'd like to invite you to send any comments, questions, or just join our conversation. Email us at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. That's membership at blindlgbtpride.org. And join our conversation.